All right, let's do it in English. It's the English service for the Afrikaans-speaking people, so good morning. Okay, now everybody's here. Oh, well, except you. you uh, <laughs> you're specifically here for your language. All honor and glory to Jesus. It's all about our Lord Jesus, so let us pray together first. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you in this morning. Thank you, Lord. We know the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. And Lord, we thank you that we can be a body of Christ, knowing that you are here. You loved us first, Lord, and so we can say we love you, Father. And Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit will take me out of the way, that I will not be the one speaking today, but that you will speak in and through me, and that all our hearts will be willing to learn the truth of the Word of God. And thank you, Lord, that you still give us the authority to say to Satan, we bind your works here, and also we people will be watching this, and you will not steal this message from the ears of the children of God, and you will leave in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, now we pray that you will cover us with your blood wherever we are busy with this message. We pray that you will set up your angels all around us, and that you yourself will be a wall of fire around about us, so that every place will be a safe place. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Please take us by the hand now and lead us by your Holy Spirit. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Let me start with a question first. Chris says he knows what I'm talking about. Is it a fair? I'm going to Okay. Are lies in any form or kind acceptable to Jesus Christ? Yes or no? No. God is not a God of lies. God is not the father of lies. Am I right? So if he's not the father of lies and he's not divided against himself, are lies acceptable to him? No. So what I'm going to talk to you about today is fable. What is a fable? And all the old people will say, Ja, maar ons het groot geword met die fabels van Aesop and the Brothers Grimm. Well, just the name says something. The Brothers Grimm. Huh? Well, okay. But we're going to handle six points with each other today. Number one, what is truth? Number two, what is a fable? Number three, what does the Bible teach about magic and witchcraft? Number four, Practical examples. Number five, but why are they so cute? And number six, so now what? If you've now received this message and you've received the truth of what the Bible says, what are you going to do with this? Because each one of us have to make a decision before the Lord Jesus. What do we do with the truth that he shares with us from his word? And I always start with this verse in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 13 that says, for we write none other things unto you than what ye read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end. And you know, I grew up in the church where they always said to me, you must just interpret the things correctly. Who says your interpretation is correct? No, no, no. That verse says, read what the Bible says, acknowledge what it says, in other, in other words, understand what it says, and then you must do what it says. Is it not true? Because in Luke 6 verse 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? 
See, this is one thing that I learned about this book 22 years ago in my life, is it is a practical uh, book of life. It's a do book. It's not just, yeah, I believe it, it's okay, let's go to heaven. Uh-uh. It's something we must do in the meantime until we get to heaven. Because some of us will be here for a while yet. Some of us are younger than the others. Okay, but I'm younger than you, so I'll take longer. I'll give it some chance. Ah, 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 you might be there before me. You don't know when you're going to walk through. And Jesus warned us in Matthew 22, verse 29, where he said, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. You see, that's our problem. We do not know our scriptures. And because we do not know our scriptures, we do not know the power of God. We do not know the power of God in our marriages. We do not know the power of God in our finances. We do not know the power of God in our children's lives or at work. Why not? Because we do not know our scripture. And why don't we know our scripture? Because we don't know the author of the scriptures. In many instances, we're still busy with dead religion. And I repeat, religion is dead. Relationship with Jesus Christ is life. So you were so busy with the religion, we lost Jesus somewhere in the, in the picture. So it's all about having a relationship with the author of the scriptures. Then through his Holy Spirit, he will give me a hunger for his scriptures. And when I start to study his scriptures according to the scriptures, guess what? I get to know the power of God. The power of God in my day-to-day life. Because the Bible was not written for Sunday morning. It was written for the rest of the week. You see, on Sunday mornings, we just get together to fellowship and say, thank you, Lord, for what you did for us during the week. That's all we come to do. Yeah, and I'll say, okay, but the first time and it's silk. But that's, you know, <laughs> that's just a part of the puzzle, just adding some pieces together. But we're actually here for fellowship. And just to share with each other, what happened to you this week? What did God do for you? What did God show you in the scriptures in this week? And Nick said, well, if we looked at the number of slides I gave him for today, we'll be here for quite a while. So I hope you're ready. Because there are actually 74 slides that I'm sharing with you today. All right? So I might be busy for 10 minutes or 5 hours. I hope you're ready. Okay. I'm leaving for the Cape tomorrow morning. So I've got time. All right, let's start with this. Number one, what is truth? Let's fix that first. As a result of regular inquiries I receive regarding this topic, it is very clear to me that many Christians also err regarding what the Bible teaches about fables. Did I miss one? No, I did not. And as a result of this ignorance and or lack of knowledge regarding fables, many young children... Do not learn to discern between truth and a lie. See, because we grew up like this. This is our tradition. Remember last time I was here, I spoke about traditions. So this is how we grew up. And what happens, our children do not learn to discern between truth and lies. So let us fix the most important principle first. What is truth? No, it's not what. It's who. (laughs) He's a person. Because in John 14 verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
There is only one way to come to the Father, and that is by Jesus Christ. If you have not yet received the Lord Jesus in your life, you must know you will not be able to go to the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And then we read in John 1 verse 17, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That means we do not even have to wonder a little bit. In the first instance, Jesus Christ is the truth. And secondly, truth came to us by him. So now if I say I live no more, yet Christ lives within me, then truth lives within me. Amen. And then I must understand that I cannot share in lies. Because truth hates lies. All right? And John 8 verse 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So who shall make you free? Jesus Christ shall make you free. And John 8 36 says, And if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Free to do what? To be obedient. Free to become obedient to the fullness of the word as it is written. Also regarding fables. And again, I love having this family. I love coming here. We've been coming here for quite a number of years now, as Chris said this morning. So you are always my guinea pigs. This is the first time I'm doing this lecture today. It is on YouTube, but you're in for it. So I don't know what's going to happen. All right, so sit like a river. So number two, what is a fable? 1 Timothy 4 verse 7 says, But refuse profane, profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. So what I learn from that first, I see that word there, exercise. See, if you were a sportsman or a sportswoman, what do you need to do to become good in your sport? You need to exercise. Once a month? ha. <laughs> Every day, if you really want to be good in your sport. So guess what? Do you want to be good in the things of God? You will need to exercise it. There are things that you will need to do. You need to practice these things. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And it is interesting, the word refuse in the Greek is parahetumai, whatever, I've got a Greek friend up in Bloemfontein now that teaches me the, <laughs> the, all the ways to pronounce the words. So to beg of, that is deprecate, decline, shun, avoid, refuse, or reject. So you can add any of those words in that sentence. So you must refuse, you must decline, you must shun, you must avoid, and you must reject old wives' fables and tales. Fables in Greek is muthos. It means a tale that is fiction or myth. Fable. Is it possible that God can actually be speaking to us about the books we have in our homes? About the DVDs we have in our homes, about fiction, about myths, about fables, yes, 
God knows what the enemy does with these things in our lives. Okay, so now we know that the Bible says we must avoid, refuse, or reject tales and myths, mythos, and exercise ourselves in godliness. Why? Because then we will also grow spiritually in the word and in God's way of doing things, in his righteousness, and also what God asks of us. For why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? If I say refuse old wives' tales and fables, why are you allowing them in your life, my child? So let us now see what a normal secular dictionary says about the meaning of fables today. According to Funken Wagnall's International Standard Dictionary of 1970, the word fable means a foolish or improbable story of fabrication. A fabrication is a contrived or a trumped-up story a falsehood. And what is a falsehood according to the same dictionary? A falsehood is an intentional untruth, a lie. So what is a fable? A fable is an intentional untruth. So many people, when you discuss this with them, say, but, but Tian, I'm sure the people that drafted these things or that produced these things, they did not intend this. Really? So from this dictionary, we can see that even a normal secular view is that fable equals fabrication equals falsehood. In other words, fable is nothing other than an intentional untruth or a lie. And we ask ourselves the question, are lies acceptable to Jesus? No. And who is the father of lies? According to Jesus Christ again. John 8.44, Jesus said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So there's a lie somewhere. If a lie is perpetuated somewhere, who is the father of that? The devil. He's the one putting the thought in the mind of that person to produce that thing. He's the father of lies. When we put all this information together, it is not difficult to see why the Bible says we must avoid, refuse, or reject fables. Because Jesus Christ is the truth, and by him truth has come to us. While Satan is the father of lies, and thus also the father of fables, and through Satan lies also in the form of fables came to us and our children. And for that very reason, we must learn to refuse and reject fables and turn our ears to truth. Are you angry? Let me ask you this question. Are you angry with your child if he or she lies to you? If so, why? You taught them to lie. Why are you angry if they lie to you? Why do you become angry if your child lies to you? Yet you taught them lies from the very beginning by allowing fables in your home. Where? Well, the TV is a very good example. You know, my child is six months old, my child is a year old, and I'm busy. I don't have time to look after my child or do anything else with my child, so let's plop her in front of the TV and let's put on Cartoon Network. 
and the trouble starts. And I wonder why my child is rebellious later on in life. Why my child lies so much later on in life. Because if you watch some of that stuff on Cartoon Network, you will know exactly why. Because children are taught to be rebellious, not to be obedient to, to parents, etc., etc., etc. Through the examples that they see on those networks. 2 Timothy 4 verse 1 to 4 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. And I always say, so when is in season? Sunday morning, Wednesday evening at the prayer group. When is out of season the rest of the week? Preach the word. Reproof, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Because after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Interesting. And I tell you we are in that time now. I believe that here in 2021, we are definitely living in those times where people do not endure sound doctrine from the word of God anymore and are turning away their ears from truth and turning to fables. They would rather watch or listen to fables than to the truth of the word of God. Because they will quickly, you see, the spirit of religion, and that's a demon, will quickly quote Bible verses in your mind. You know the Bible says there is a time and a season for everything and it's not time for church now. I've got news for you. God is still within you, even at home. But you see, they turn away their ears from truth and they turn to fables. If you just have a look at all the demonic, occultic, magic and witchcraft aspects which are explicitly and blatantly depicted in all modern movies, the many millions of dollars spent on producing such movies and the millions of dollars people spend to watch or rent these movies, it absolutely confirms the truth of the above. Why? Because 1 John 5.19 says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world. But the thing is, are you and I playing along? Are you and I spending lots of money on Netflix, on Showmax? You know, let them deduct the money from my credit card. Wow, but I want to watch that movie on witchcraft. You know, with the, yeah, look at that power that the man has. He flies around and he's levitating. And he's... Really? You think God likes that? You think God approves of that? And you call yourself a child of God? You know, it's interesting, when we prayed up there, Chris also prayed about it, about walking into the fire. Antoinette prayed about, you know, we have scabs on us that were grown over over time. We have to tear off those scabs so that pure new blood can come out so that we can be holy, sanctified and righteous before a righteous and a holy God. And I tell you, I might be ripping off some scabs this morning because we all grew up 
with these traditions, with these fables, thinking they're acceptable because my mom taught it to me and my grandmother brought me to that little, cute little, uh, Wendy the cute little witch book, you know? And liver actually, ach, say so cute, say so, oh, look. Really? For God? Is it acceptable to God? Yeah, but, but don't do so too much about this. Don't be how holier than thou, you know. I've got a holy God within me. I've got a jealous God within me. He's a jealous God. Why? Because he gave his life for me. What am I giving back to him? A lukewarm life of being like the world, of living like the world, and showing the world that I'm just the same as they are. So what do I have that they would want? I'm just the same as they are. I'm watching the same stuff they do. Never mind drinking and smoking the same stuff that they do. So what do I have that they don't have? Number three. What does the Bible teach about magic and witchcraft? In Deuteronomy 18, verse 10 to 12, we read, There shall not be found among you anyone, anyone that useth divination, or an observer of times, that's a sorcerer, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all, look at that now, all, that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Do you think that includes Levi Definitely, yes. Do you think that includes Sabrina the teenage witch? Definitely, yes. Do you think that includes Harry Potter? Definitely, yes. But then a preacher tells me, you know what, Tian, I don't agree with you. You don't have to agree with me. What does God say? He said to me, but you know, since the Harry Potter books came out, my children actually started to read books again, so I bought them all the Harry Potter books, a preacher. And I said to him, I would not like to stand before the throne with you one day. Because what did you do with your children? What did you allow? Because my Bible says, all, all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. So why are you allowing books or DVDs or PlayStation games into your house that are an abomination unto God? And saying, God won't mind. I think he changed his mind somewhere along the way. You know, that was Old Testament. Yeah. Galatians 5 verse 19 to 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, etc., etc. You can read the whole verse there. As I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So do you really want to keep on allowing that in your house? You really want to keep on allowing idolatry and witchcraft in your house and thinking it's acceptable to Jesus, thinking lies are acceptable to Jesus, but we call ourselves followers of Christ, Christians. What happened in the time of Acts? In Acts 19 verse 18 to 20 we read, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts, the word there in the Greek means magic, 
brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Now I can tell you people, that's a lot of money, even in today's language. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So they burned the books on witchcraft. The word of God grew and prevailed. Today, Christians buy books on witchcraft, buy books on uh, DVDs on witchcraft and enchantment and wizards and witches and all that, and the word of God becomes less and less and less. And it does not prevail in their lives anymore. Therefore, it is clear from the Bible that magic and witchcraft are abominations to God. I have heard Christians tell me, but I don't believe in magic or in witchcraft or that it can do anything to me or my children. Then I usually answer, so you're actually more knowledgeable than God then. Because God believes in magic. What do I mean? And witchcraft. To such an extent that he repeatedly warns his children against any participation therein and warns repeatedly that it is an abomination in his eyes. But you say, I don't believe in this. Yet God warns you. Is God confused? Why would God warn us against something that can do nothing to me or to my children? If witchcraft and magic did not exist, or could do nothing to you or your children, or could not impact your life in some way, why would God warn us against it and deem it to be an abomination to him? Why would he warn us against something that means nothing and can do us or our children no harm? Why? And why do we also read that the first believers in the book of Acts burned their books on magic and witchcraft, which led to the word of God growing and prevailing in their lives? Now people say to me, Tian, you know what? I've got this hunger for the Lord. I've got this hunger to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, but it just seems as if I'm not breaking through. Why? Then I walk into their homes. See, people don't want me in their homes anymore. And then you've got all these series of witchcraft and all the, the, the demonic stuff standing there. And I say to them, that's your blockage. That's your bondage. You're not going to break through because it's stopping you from prevailing in the word of God. God is a jealous God. He does not share you with the kingdom of darkness. The problem today is actually... That most Christians, due to their lack of knowledge, or may it just be a little arrogance and a bit of spiritual pride, participate in and allow magic and witchcraft in their homes by buying or renting books, DVDs, or animation movies filled with magic, enchantment, wizardry, sorcery, or witchcraft for themselves or their children, and then watching it over and over and over again or paying money to go and watch the movies in the cinemas. Can't wait for the next Harry Potter to come out. So, we, you know, a whole group, we're all going. Cost us a packet of money that God blessed me with in the first instance, but I'm going to watch the witchcraft. God won't mind. I think he will. Because he's within me. His eyes are in my eyes. So what are you letting me watch, my child? His ears are in my ears. So what are you letting me listen to, my child? I'm a jealous God. 
Instead of burning these things as those first believers did and to reject them as God instructs. It's not a, oh, you know what, I love you so much. If you won't mind, won't you please, if you think you've got it in you, won't you please maybe get rid of that stuff? No. It's an instruction. It's not a request. God is a holy God. He is a jealous God. So, furthermore, these Christians, they justify their participation therein or their allowance thereof in their homes with all the best human arguments you can ever imagine. I'm going to discuss a few with you. And as a result thereof, the word of God loses its power in their lives and homes and it does not prevail. Why don't I get breakthroughs? Why can't I grow in the spirit? Get rid of your witchcraft. Get rid of your fables. Get rid of the demonic stuff in your house. You are allowing the devil, you're giving place to the devil in your house and you think it's okay with God. Matthew 24 verse 12 says, One of the signs of the times will be before the return of our Lord Jesus. And remember, the coming of our Lord Jesus is very close at hand. But one of the signs will be, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And that word iniquity in the Greek also means wickedness or unrighteousness. And that's what we see. As I said, in all the movies, in all, even look at the advertisements on TV, it's demonic. You can't even just put in fuel in your car anymore without something crawling out of the engine. Huh? Look at all the advertisements. It's demonic. It's witchcraft. It's magic. Because the whole world lies in the power of wickedness. But now what happens is because iniquity, the wickedness is abounding around us, the love of many Christians are, well, is becoming cold. People don't want to love Jesus anymore. Because they're being pulled away from truth and into lies. You know, uh, how much time have you spent with your Bible tonight? No, 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 you know, we're binge watching the 14th series of Piet van der Merwe and the Trompopis. Or whatever. You know? I've got no time to read my Bible. I've got no time to spend with God in prayer. I'm busy, man. Yep. The love of many shall wax cold. So don't wonder why your love for Christ feels as if it is becoming colder and colder. You see? Because your cell phone and your tablet and all these things keeps you so busy, you're not even having time for God, even in church. Even in church. So let's see. Exodus 23 verse 24 says, Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. Break down those images you have in your house of these things. Get rid of them. Don't do after their works. Yeah, but Jan, you know, I'm not bowing down after them. I'm not bowing down to them. 
Well, don't do after their works either. And overthrow their images. Break down their images. Why are you allowing the, the images in your house? And I want you to really take note of that thing. You can write down that Vimeo. It's a Vimeo video on the replacement gods. It's a ministry in America that made this whole movie on the replacement gods. You won't find it on YouTube. They had it on YouTube. It was taken off. Only a trailer. You will only find the trailer there, not the full movie anymore. But that is the full movie on Vimeo, where they show you all these Marvel comic heroes are replacements of Zeus in the old Greek mythology, of Jupiter, of Mercurius, of Neptunus. Name it what you want. They are all replacement gods. They're being made acceptable by giving them a name like Captain America, like the Flash, like whatever, making it acceptable to our children today, but they are replacement gods. And so I buy my child all these little puppets to play with, and what happens the day that I say to him, I must get rid of this now, my child, he manifests. He becomes aggressive and angry because I'm taking away that toy. Why? Because, Dad, you made the mistake. We err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. So go and watch that movie. But just beware. After having watched it, you will never be able to say to God you did not know. Because you will stand before the throne one day. And even if you don't watch it while you were here this morning, so you will never be able to stand before the throne and say you did not know. Okay. Instead of spending time, instead of spending time with the word of God and the God of the word by themselves and teaching their children and families to do the same, they, to do the same, they would rather binge watch movies or TV series with blatant demonic and occult or magic themes thereby allowing Satan to steal their time with God. Thus, they and their children don't grow spiritually in the direction of Jesus Christ, but unfortunately in Satan's direction. Because if your love for Jesus waxes cold, where are you going? We only have one of two kingdoms upon this earth, the kingdom of light of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of darkness of Satan. So if your love for Jesus is waxing cold, your love for Satan is growing. So where are you going? Where are you going calling yourself a Christian? So what are we allowing in our homes? Number four. Let us now look at some practical examples. Okay, so what is a practical test as to what kind of fables may be found in our homes today? Because many, especially mothers, would send me an email saying, but Tian, don't you have a list of the things that my child can watch or cannot watch? No, I don't. Why? Because the list is endless. It's endless. So I just went to the Lord one day and I prayed about it many years ago and experienced that the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart. Just ask yourself the question, did God create something like that? That's your test. Did God create something like that? Yes or no? In the light of that practical little test then, did God create a mouse, a duck, or a goose that can speak and act like a human? 
Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Daffy Duck, etc. Nope. Did God create a bear or tiger or donkey that can speak and act like a human? Winnie the Pooh, Tiger, Eeyore, etc. No. Yeah, but Balaam's donkey, remember. Yeah, the only animal that ever spoke and God opened his mouth. No human. No, God did not create things like that. Did God create a car that can speak and act like a human? Lightning McQueen, Sally Carrera, Fulmore in a series on cars? Nope. Can a car act like a human? Does a car have emotions like a human? Did God create anything like that? No. And I can tell you the testimonies that I have, you can go and watch on our website, of children having problems with aggression after having played with all the cars, little cars. I've got got quite a number. Did God create any dogs or pigs that can speak and act human? Paw Patrol, Peppa Pig, etc., etc.? Nope. Did God create any toys that can come alive and act like humans? Toy Story, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 17. No. Did God create any humans, animals, or fairies that can levitate or fly? Peter Pan, Harry Potter, Tinkerbell, Powderpuff Girls, etc., etc. Nope. Did God teach any people to participate in witchcraft and magic? Like Harry Potter, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Leva Axi, etc. No. And yeah, it is bekend that Werner Fels, where he schrijft er was van Leva Axi, op een stadium in haar leven gesê het, sy sal sorg dat daar een heks in elke huis in Zuid-Afrika kom. Through Leva Axi. Because she's so cute. God doesn't mind. Maar nou nie so erg wees nie. Maar nou nie so te raak hier nie. Did God create any animal that either wears clothes and acts, speaks, dances, or sings like humans? Dora the Explorer or a speaking monkey, Hello Kitty, and many other similar stories? No. Did God create anything that can transform or shape shift like Hulk, Transformers, Ben 10, X-Men, Marvel comic heroes, etc.? No. And I can go on and on, because as I said, this list is endless today. But feel free to add to this list when going through all the books, DVDs, and movies that you have in your house, or on your computer, PlayStation, or Xbox at home. You see, because the other problem is, we've got such a lot of this stuff, and it takes so much time to go through this stuff, actually list stuff for I don't want to go to the trouble of going through all my children's books or all the games they're playing to see whether we've got this or not. So I'd rather, rather leave it. And my children are bound. And I wonder why they have nightmares at night. I wonder why they don't break through. So, if God did not create any of these things, what are these? They are all fables, fabrications, falsehoods, Intentional lies. And who is the father of lies again? Satan. But why is this list so endless? I already quoted this earlier. 1 John 5.19 And we know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. 
And you can see it, as I say, it's blatantly exposed all over. On television, advertisements, even outside, if you look at the advertising boards that we pass by, magic and witchcraft are also depicted there as well. We're being fed and fed up with witchcraft. And God is still the same God. But then the argument comes very quickly. But Tian, our children must have their own imaginations or imaginary world. Surely it's nothing but my child's lively imagination. Really? In the light of what I've shown so far, my question is whether their lively imaginations or imaginary worlds really come from God then or from the devil. And did someone not perhaps formulate that imaginary world in their little minds as a result of all the fables we as parents exposed them to from a very young age? Yeah, but you know what? I did not grow up with this stuff. I've got news for you. The first one that Walt Disney brought out was Fantasia in 1940. Four zero. Most of us all lived between 1940 and 2021. I watched all the Tom and Jerry's. And Tom always tried to kill Jerry, and Jerry always blew up Tom, and he just lived again. He cut come weer. It never stopped. They were lies. So children learn, I can hit somebody with a hammer, and nothing will happen to him. So now he hits his little sister with a hammer and she dies. And then, Dad, what do you do standing next to the grave of your daughter? Oh Lord, what are you doing now? Now God gets the blame again. Because we're allowing lies in our lives. Now who put that in that child's little mind? Well, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5 says... Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God. That verse tells me we all grew up believing that our thoughts come from three places, either from God or from myself or from the devil. That verse says I cannot think anything as of myself. So our thoughts come from one of two places only, from God or the devil. All that you and I have is a free will to choose or the one or the other. That's why 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, we must capture every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Because somebody put that thought in that little child's mind. Oh, do you remember how cute Winnie the Pooh was? Don't you want to be like Winnie? I think you need to go and steal some of your mom's honey there in the pantry. Who put that mind, uh, that thought in the little child's mind? It's not God. 
He hates lies. Should we not have exposed them to books, videos, DVDs, and animation movies of animals, insects, etc., that speak, sing, dance, and act like humans, or books and movies where magic and witchcraft is shown and practiced, or where people and animals fly around in the air from a very young age? Would they really have had such a lively imagination? I don't think so. They would have had a pure imagination. The creativity that God gives them to play in nature, to also depict nature, to start drawing pictures of animals or trees or whatever. So what do they grow up with fables? So what is the first picture they draw? Some flying something, which is not from God. If they had not been brainwashed, because that's what it is, from a very young age that such things as talking, singing, and dancing animals and insects exist, do you really believe they would have been able to create such beings in their little minds if it is something that does not come from God? Is God divided against himself? The question is, would God really give our children the ability the creativity or the imagination to create beings which he himself never created. Especially when that type of creativity leads to creatures that are directly contradictory to his own word. Because that actually means man is today either just as good or maybe even a little better than God seeing as they can create things that he never did. And remember what Lucifer said? Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And by way of fables, fabrications, falsehoods, and lies, he is trying to put himself in that position of being like the Most High. As by so doing, he also creates things. Especially as they are things that God never created. Unfortunately, 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 even Christians play along quite nicely. Because even some Christian authors and gospel singers use cute fantasy characters, either speaking or singing dogs, cats, horses, worms, snails, aliens, monsters, etc., to make their Christian books or gospel songs acceptable to children. As Lolos nita cute, as Gumpi nita oulak. It's a monster. Did God create the Gumpi? Did God create talking dogs? Nope. Well, even Om Angus has a story these days where he walks around on his farm with his talking horse, Snowy. Animation series, a part of the new thing that he brought out. And I asked the question, are lies acceptable to God now? No matter who the person is, 
In South Africa, there are even children's stories of little beings living in agapanthus flowers. The Achis and the Achapanthus, they are called. Who teach children about Jesus. And the person producing these stories confesses to standing up for the truth. But when I confronted that lie by sending the person an email warning about the lies being taught to the children through these stories, the answer to me was, but we have a lot of testimonies of children turning to Jesus because of these stories. And I asked the question, so does that make the lies acceptable in the eyes of Jesus now? So we can now start to teach people lies, to teach our children lies, and that will get them to Jesus? For how long? Because if you get to Jesus through a lie and not through the truth, how long do you think you will stay with Jesus? Do we as Christians not have to refuse, reject, or uh, refuse or reject and remember shun or avoid fables anymore? Can we now even add our own lies and fables and use lies to win children for Jesus? At what stage did Jesus Christ become divided against himself? Because he said in Matthew 12 verse 25, And Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. So if Jesus says, Satan is the father of lies, but you can use lies to get people to come to me, my child, then Jesus is divided against himself, and his kingdom will be brought to desolation. In his own words. Is he divided against himself? No. So let's stop trying to use lies to pull people to Jesus, even young children. Well, not even young children, especially not young children. Because God says, if you let any of these little children stumble, it's better that you'll be thrown in the sea with a millstone around your neck. Because Jesus said, let the children come unto me. If you let your children stumble by using lies, trying to get them to Jesus. And Malachi 3 verse 6 we read, God says, for I'm the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He hasn't changed. The, the same things that he said in Deuteronomy 18, verse 10 to 12 in the Old Testament are still applicable to this very day. He's the same God that spoke to the nation of Israel in the desert. He's the same God that, that is with us today and will be with us in all eternity. He has not changed. Christians have. Making lies acceptable now. Telling their own children lies. Teaching it even from church pulpits or wherever the case may be, singing these gospel songs with this little puppet singing along and I think it's okay. God won't mind. Number five, but why are they so cute? Because 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14 and 15 say, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. 
Satan and his demons transform themselves and make themselves acceptable even to Christians in the image of cute fantasy characters that even teach children about right or wrong in Christian children's books or DVDs or on gospel series. It can't be wrong if this little worm is teaching children how to be a good little worm. No, it's a lie. It is still a lie. A worm cannot speak. A worm did not get human character traits. A worm does not have emotions like a human. God never created such a worm. And they sold in the Christian bookshops and all over these places. As a result hereof, we find a huge number of children's Bibles, clear Bibles, Bibles, where the truth of the word is totally twisted in the colorful pictures in those Bibles. For example, where Moses uses a hammer and chisel on the two tablets of stone of the Ten Commandments, while the Bible says God wrote on them with his own finger, Deuteronomy 9 verse 10. Or one picture where Noah waved a wand and the ark appeared by magic. Really? My Bible says he built that ark for nearly a hundred years. Some people say even more than 100 years. So these are more lies, but they're still called children's Bibles. Let me show you the one on Moses. It's a photo I took in one house where I came and they showed me this Bible. I said to them, look at this lie. Moses chiseling the Ten Commandments. While the Bible says in Deuteronomy 9 verse 10, And the Lord delivered unto me two tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So why are you teaching your children lies? And then you're angry with them if they start lying to you as teenagers. Because you taught them to lie. Itanamais, Kers Vader. You taught them to lie. You told them lies and you taught them lies from the beginning. Thinking it's acceptable to God. And all this while a child's spirit is open and able to receive the full truth of God's word as revealed by the Holy Spirit in their spirit. Jesus clearly said in Matthew 18 verse 3, And said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 11 verse 25 says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. God wants us to be like little children in the spiritual things, reading what it says, then doing what it says. The word babes in Greek is nepios. That is an infant, a minor, figuratively a simple-minded person, an immature Christian, babe, child or childish. You must become like children, little babies. Can you see? We must actually change and become like little children, or else these things of the Spirit in the Word of God will also be hid from us. Why? Because a child's spirit is open to God's spiritual truths and has not yet been blinded or confused by intellectual knowledge or human wisdom or philosophies or scientific proofs that the Word of God is not true, you know. Look at this warning in Colossians 2 verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit 
after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Beware. Beware. Lest any man spoil you, spoil your children, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. After the traditions of men and not after Christ. Beware. Because it will spoil you for the faith. It will spoil you for the truth. And because we do not always feed our children's spirits with the truth of the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God, but rather feed them with fables which are specifically designed, listen to this now, which are specifically designed to target their soul. Remember, your soul is your will, your intellect, and your emotions. And their five physical senses. Our children do not learn from a very young age what spiritual truth is. Thereby adding to them, like us, growing up and not understanding the spiritual things of the word of God. While the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 to 14, now we have received not the spirit of the world, of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural, that means carnal, fleshly, or intellectual man that wants to work out everything in his mind, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, and that word in the Greek also means understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. As long as you try to debate the word of God with your mind, your fleshly mind, your carnal mind, you will never understand the word of God. Before you do not ask the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you in the spirit, you will not understand the word of God. It will be foolishness unto you. And what will you do then? You will be turned unto fables. Why do I say the attacks come against the child's soul and physical senses through these fables? Well, let's say that a child is three years old. Who, in his little mind, who will weigh the heaviest in his three-year-old mind, in his three-year-old intellect? A cute little character that he can touch, and hold on to in the form of a dollar figurine when he goes to bed, which he can see in full color on his bed's duvet or hanging on his wall on a poster, and which he can see and hear speaking, dancing, singing, and laughing, and doing cute exploits on TV, and which he can even taste and smell when his birthday cake is baked in the form of that cute little character. All five senses. Boof. So in his three-year-old mind, what will weigh the heaviest? That or the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, who he cannot touch, see, or hear speaking to him in such a physical manner? Who will he rather identify with in his three-year-old mind? Not this. He would rather identify with that cute little plaything he has. Yet everyone is always quick to tell their children, remember, it's just a story. Oh, no, no, it's not a story. 
They by thinking they have done their part to warn their children. The problem with that short little phrase is that children eventually start to think that the events in the Bible and also regarding Jesus Christ are also part of just another story. Which story is seen on the same level as any of the other imaginary stories in the storybooks or DVDs or Playstations or Xboxes in their rooms? You buy it in the Christian bookshops. Die Groot Story. And in this specific one, chapter 35 shows you a depiction of the Holy Spirit. That is how they depict the Holy Spirit to children in this great storybook as a female angel. But it's a Bible for my children. Really? Ye do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. The Holy Spirit is definitely not a female angel. She's not female either. The Holy Spirit is male. The Bible is clear about that. Please remember to teach your children that the Bible is not an imaginary storybook. Everything it contains are real people and real events that really happened in the past and will still happen in future. But as a result of the fact that our children start to believe that the Bible is also just a storybook, Many of them grow up and then struggle to receive assurance of eternal salvation in and by our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus was just another story, why should I believe he can save my soul forever? Everybody told me it's just a story. Let me tell you about the story of Jesus. And I asked the question, what will some parents tell God one day if some of their children end up in hell? Because as they grew up with all the fables that the parents fed to them when they were young, they were later in their lives not open to the spiritual truth regarding salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Dear Christian brother and sister, how long are you still going to expose your children to Satan's lies? and fables, and then try to hide behind a lack of knowledge of the word of God. Because lack of knowledge causes this. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But now look at the rest of the verse. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. You see, you can reject this knowledge I'm giving you this morning. You can say, I don't want to listen to this. It's okay. But look at this. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Oopsie. God is still God, remember. He has not changed. God is God. He gets to make the rules. Those are his rules. So stop hiding behind your lack of knowledge. Stop allowing your children to be destroyed because of your lack of knowledge, because of your ignorance or because of your spiritual pride or because of your arrogance. Stop. Let us stand up for the truth of God's word 
and teach our children his full and true word. Number six. So now what? <laughs> now that you've got this knowledge, now what? Well, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 and 7 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That means you must first ensure that you know the word of God, that you get it in your heart, that you are in a personal relationship with God yourself. It shall be in your heart. And thou shalt teach them God's words diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. When is that? That's the whole day, my brother and sister. When you get into your car and your children are in your back seat, let us pray together. Ask the Lord to keep us safe on the road. And you do that prayer. And when something happens and God has protected you, you say to the children, you see, that is why we prayed when we started at home. So now I teach you, this is why we pray the covering of the blood of Jesus over us. This is why we ask for the angels to be with us, my child. You see, I'm teaching you when we're on the road. I'm teaching you when we're sitting at home, when we're going to lie down. Let us pray together before you sleep, my child. We ask God to bless you. You are a blessed one of God. This is what you're supposed to do. Teach them to your children. And he repeats it in Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 and 19. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul. So it starts with you. Lord, start with me. Give me a new hunger for your word that I will take in your word so that I will be able to teach it to my children. And ye, now look at that, ye shall teach them God's words to your children. Not the Sunday school teacher, not the pastor or the duomany. You must teach your children the words of God. You see, because in Sunday school, they're going to show their Moses chiseling the Ten Commandments. You must teach it your children. Speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou, when thou risest up. And I say, may the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ free yourself and your children. Because I know, as I'm talking, you've already seen them. You've already seen that bookcase in the spare bedroom where all these books were just put there for when your first grandchild should come. So go get rid of those books. You've already seen them in your mind. The Holy Spirit has already showed them to you. He's already reminded you about that Xbox game that you bought six months ago. That's on your computer. And you know it's about witchcraft. It's about magic. It's about demons. It's about the occult. You know. The Holy Spirit's already spoken to you this morning. I know. So what do we do before God? Because we did not know this. Well, 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So all I do is I go before the Lord and I say, Lord, please forgive me for allowing these things in my life and in my children's lives. And He will forgive you. But then, but then, get rid of the stuff. Burn them. Tear them up. Throw them away. 
Don't leave them whole, because if you leave them whole, remember you must utterly break down their images. Because if you leave that book whole, and you just put it in the waste bin, somebody else is going to take that book and have the same problem in their homes. Tear it up. Burn it. Get rid of it. But you know, Tian, my children are already married. They're all big and doing their own stuff now, and they don't really want anything to do with God. And it might be now because of all these fables I taught them since they were young. Now what? Well, now what? You stand on the covenant. After having confessed before the Lord that you've done this in your house, you've allowed this in your house, then you start to stand on the covenant in Isaiah 59 verse 21, where God says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, that is your children, or nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, that is your grandchildren, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. Awesome. Thank you, God, for the covenant. Thank you, Lord, even though my children may not want anything to do with God now, they don't want to know about God now, I call them in because you have a covenant with me. They will come to speak the same words that I spoke and still speak and will keep on speaking into all eternity. But first we must confess. Confess before the Lord that you allowed that stuff in your house and he will forgive you. And then you call in your children, if they are already out of the house and big and married and whatever. Call in your grandchildren, according to the word of God. I'm going to end with this Afrikaans gedigie that the girl sent me exactly a week ago. I've known her since she was a young little girl in school. She's married already now. And she sent me this piece of prose. And I asked her whether I can use it with her uh, uh, consent, and she said yes. She only wrote it in Afrikaans, so if you're Engels, I must with my stark stand. All right. So, kijk maar wat schrijft ze. And she did actually not even watch this video of mine. So after she sent me this, I sent her the link to my YouTube video, and I said to her, watch this video. Have you seen this? And she came back to me, and she said, no, I did not see it. But look at what she wrote. She's married, she does not have children yet, but look at this, because she grew up with the truth of the lie. Die waarheid sonder waar, haar naam is Annerie. Die tandemuis, kersvader, kom kinders, sit nou nader. Laat jou mama's jou verkul met leens en heiligheid omhul. Ons allemaal weet is onwaar, want is nogal interessant. Mense sal gif jou sê, ja ek weet maar. Ons allemaal weet is onwaar, het is onskuldig gepreed, bedaar. You see, don't spoil the fun for the children. It's just fun for the children. Ons allemaal weet is onwaar, dis onskuldig gepreed, bedaar. Maar mama, weet jy nie, jou kind sal het nooit vergeet nie. Want Jona en die vis, word vir jou kind, as net nog een story opgedis. Want jy sien nie, selfs die professor sê, Jona was net een mythe, was net een legende. Word vir jou kind is net nog een story opgedis. Die waarheid skeer in reepe. Ons kinders in boze greepe. Want tussen leens en waarheid moet hulle kies. Jong verstaan kies, lei verlies. 
Mama sê, daar monsters in die kas, en wanneer ons stout is, dan vat hulle ons vast. Je sien, jy lig vir jou kinders. Ons is maar net maaikies wat soet probeer te wees, maar ons weet nie wat die waarheid, want was Goliath nie rees. Een mama wat bokstories vertel, teen die Bijbelse bevel, as ons kinderkies verhinder, word ons seninge al hoe minder. Een meelsteen om die nek is beter as om twyfel in klein hartkies op te wek. die vers wat sy daarna verwees is Matthies 18 vers 6, maar elkeen wat een van die kleinkies wat in my geloo laat strykel, dit is vir hom beter dat die meelsteen aan sy nek gang word en hy wegsink in die dieptes van die see. What are we teaching our children? You see people, we must understand, we do not serve a dead God. Because Jesus said, I'm the first and the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Free not to participate in the things of the world anymore. Free to be what Jesus wanted you to be and want your children to be. So let's not listen to the lies of the devil any longer. Let us not allow fables in our lives anymore. And we must understand something else. I did not share it when I went past that verse. A child's spirit is adult. There is not a three-year-old child, a three-year-old spirit in your three-year-old child and a 30-year-old spirit in you. Spirit is spirit. A spirit understands the truth of the word of God. So teach your children the truth of the word of God. Many people have come to me, mothers specifically, Saying, Tian, don't you have your DVDs on my child's level? Then I say, yes, that's my DVD over there. Let your child watch it with you. Now what, my child is three years old, four years old. The stuff that I have on house cleaning. Then I said to her, listen, or to them, there's more than one that came to me over the years. I don't speak to your child's soul. I speak to your child's spirit. Let him watch the DVD with you or let her watch the DVD with you. Then they would come back later and say, Tiana, I, I did not believe it. She watched the DVD with me, walked into her room and said, Mom, let's burn the devil's stuff. Three years old. Four years old. Because the spirit of a child is pure. It's not been defiled yet by this stuff, but we are defiling it with this stuff. Satan is using the parents to defile the spirit of the child through the intellectual stuff that we show to them. Don't do that anymore. Don't do that anymore. Let's stand before a holy God, pure and holy, knowing Satan anymore. Don't allow that. Amen. Let us pray together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you really opened the scabs of the old traditions 
so that our wounds can open and new blood can flow out so that we can be healed, Lord. Thank you that we can walk into the fire and know that fire will not burn us because God is with us and that fire will cleanse us with, from within but also give us a new zeal to be obedient to your word and to live according to your word and to be an example to others around us of how to live holy lives, righteous lives according to the word of God so that you alone can be glorified and you alone can be exalted and we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thanks Chris. Thank you, yes. Blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the wrong, who delights in the Torah of Yahweh and meditates on it day and night, for he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of that yields its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. Oh, blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the Lord, who delights in the Torah of Yahweh and meditates on it day and night. For he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water that yields its fruit in its season, which being does not wither. Oh, blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the rock. Delights in the Torah of Yahweh and meditates on day and night. And whatever he does, he prospers. And whatever he does, he prospers. And whatever he does, he prospers. Whatever he does, he prospers. Blessed is the man who shall not walk in counsel of the rock, who delights in the Torah of Yahweh, meditates on a day and night. Oh, blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of